TV, anime, video games, books, Star Trek, Marvel, My Hero, Hook. It don't matter what you into, don't matter what you do, here on Nerd Shit, we got something for you. Okay, welcome everybody to Nerd Shit today. We got a fun one. We are going to be talking some more Harry Potter theories and specifically a Hagrid theory. Wow, but why did I say Hagrid like that? Hagrid. <laughs> Hagrid. <laughs> Hagrid theory. Uh, welcome everybody to. Oh, God. <laughs> welcome back to Nerd Shit, where we talk about nerd shit. Anyways, uh, today we're going to be running back a couple uh, Harry Potter theories, uh, and we also have a special guest here. Uh, technically, the only reason nerd shit exists, exists oh my gosh, uh, our mother, but you can call her Rebecca. Mom? Hello. And yes, I am nerd shit. Yeah, you're probably one of the bigger Harry Potter nerds that I know. Yes. And, and I didn't force you guys to read the books. You did that all on your own. I just left. We them. did. Uh, we did just go to the them. movies and skip school to go see the movies every uh, year. They came out. That was cool. Every midnight release. Uh, midnight never skipped release, yeah. school. You guys, you guys needed. You know, it was a culture thing. It was a field trip. Really embracing our <laughs> European side. <laughs> well, today, guys, uh, the theory that we're going to look at is a big one. Um, it's pretty massive. Uh, so this probably be split up into a few episodes. Each episode to look at two to three books. Like that's how massive it is. It's getting broke down by books. Uh, this theory is that Hagrid, our beloved Hagrid, was actually a Death Eater the entire time, and not just any old Death Eater, but Voldemort's number one Death Eater. Okay, wow. so. Uh, this is coming, this is three years old, where it started from on Reddit, uh, subreddit fan theories. Uh, it starts, so I'm going to read it, it's going to be a lot of reading, and then we'll stop and we'll talk for a little bit. Uh, but essentially, so here we go. Uh, the author started with, I started a read-through of the Harry Potter recently, and I was determined to pay close attention to Snape early on with the interest to viewing his character through the lens of a double agent. However, early on, I noticed the strangest behavior coming from Hagrid instead, which I had never noticed before. I started paying more attention to his actions, statements, and consistencies in Hagrid and realized almost every move taken somehow aided Voldemort. I read the entire series watching for anything to prove or disprove Hagrid being a Death Eater. And by far, the majority of evidence points towards Hagrid as a servant of the Dark Lord. Now, is this what J.K. Rowling intended? Almost certainly not. Is this theory given entirely seriously? Definitely not. I still find it intriguing given the amount of evidence which supports the conclusion that Hagrid is one of the top servants of Voldemort. In short, what I post in will provide evidence for is one, Hagrid is a high-ranking servant of Lord Voldemort. Hagrid secretly much more talented of a liar than he lets on. Three, Hagrid is secretly a much more talented wizard than he lets on. Four, Hagrid has been performing deep cover tradecraft, espionage, source validation, sabotage, and spotting, and assisting for Voldemort. 
And five, Hagrid has been in the service of Lord Voldemort at least since the first Wizarding War, potentially since his time at Hogwarts. So that is the basis of this guy's argument, is that he read the books, and while looking to find signs of Snape being a double agent, he found that there were more signs towards Hagrid. So with this initial burst of information thrown to you, what is your take off the get-go, just from your knowledge of Harry Potter? Mom. I know I'm thinking as far as I'm looking, I'm trying to comprehend <laughs> this because it's my A grid. I think there are bases to it, but you also have to remember that he did work with Dumbledore. Dumbledore kind of protected him as well. Mm-hmm. So you get, you, you know, you can twist, find things in, in those books any way you really want to. Yeah, I do find it interesting because there are a lot of valid arguments that are being made. Uh, Alec, you got any words on uh, it? Yeah, dude, I'm not gonna lie. Hagrid seems like he plays like in the series, in my opinion, like not as big of a role as you think uh, his guardian would, mm-hmm. right? Um, it kind of seems like everything he does, like he's he's just not a great guardian either, right? Yeah. Like, uh, he puts the kids in dangerous situations very, very consistently. Oh, yeah. 100%. Uh, so, to me, the theory holds up just on basis of how he is written as, like, not... And even in the movies, if you've only seen the movies, how he acts and, like, what he does for the kids that he knows should never just be a thing. So. Yeah. So, uh, now it's time for his proof, essentially, of why Hagrid is a Death Eater. And we're going to start with the Sorcerer's Stone, or the Philosopher's Stone, if you're in the UK. Um, So, here is the basis of what he found in the Sorcerer's Stone uh, that points to it, and then we'll get more in detail with each point. Uh, He found that Hagrid's magical abilities which are otherwise only known by high-level uh, high death eaters or extremely talented wizards and witches, Hagrid is, seems to be able to use. Uh, his disregard and participation in cruelty to muggles, as well as casual approach to Azkaban-level offenses, uh, his subtle manip- man- manipulations of Harry, which put him into private contact with Voldemort on multiple occasions, and then passing private information regarded, regarding secretly... Uh, security directly to Voldemort. So, uh, this very first one is a little long, but we'll get into it. Uh, when we first meet Hagrid, he is delivering the baby Harry to the Dursley's house. He rides in on Sirius's motorcycle with the child for delivery and mentions to Dumbledore and McGonagall how the Potter's house was almost entirely destroyed. But he says, but I got him out before the muggles started swarming around. We know from later books that Sirius gave Hagrid the motorcycle while at the Potter residence. Godric Hollow is located somewhere in the West Country portion of England, and we know that Hagrid lives at Hogwarts somewhere in the Scottish Highlands. We also know that Hagrid is not allowed to use magic due to his expulsion from Hogwarts, which places his magical ability somewhere around the third year level. Hagrid had to be able to travel to Godric's Hollow and arrive at the Potter's residence before any emergency or services arrived, beating their travel time in response to an explosion that blew out the entire side of a house. Hagrid arrived and took the child away, having run into only one other person, Sirius Black. Hagrid is too heavy to ride a broom or Thestro, 
as he states in Book 7. Aberration is only taught in the fifth year at Hogwarts and requires a ministry-issued license. Portkeys need to be approved by the ministry. Plus, Hogwarts would not have learned of any of this magic in his three years at Hogwarts. He does not have the flying motorcycle until he arrives at Godric's Hollow. And so the only two explanations are he is using some sort of magic to travel quickly, or he already happened to be in the area of the attack on the Potter residence and was able to respond to the unexpected explosion immediately. Without means of fast travel, Hagrid would have needed to already be hanging around Godric's Hollow, but why would he do that? There is no previous connection between Hagrid and Godric's Hollow other than his knowing of James and Lily. Uh, the attack from Voldemort on the Potter's family was unexpected to the Order of Phoenix. It's much more likely that Hagrid has a means of fast travel, which indicates a much more advanced level of magic than we expect from him. So he makes a very valid point. And this is a point that I've, from reading the books multiple times and watching the movies, I never understood how he gets around so fast. So it's a very valid point. How did he get to Godric's Hollow around the same, like you learn the books, around the same time as Sirius Black? And we know Dumbledore's not there. Because otherwise, Dumbledore would have just brought Harry with him. Uh, so, well, what's your take on this first piece of evidence that Hagrid is able to fast travel? I think there's a lot of missing pieces. And he was friends with, with Harry's parents, with Lily and James. And Lily and James knew that Voldemort was coming for them. So, did he? did they ask him to... Lily and James ask him to be there to be near in case something happened. Possible. Uh, but it does lead into the second piece of evidence he has. Is Hagrid knew where to collect Harry, likely because Warm uh, Warmtail told him. Uh, so he goes, how did Hagrid even know where to collect Harry? We know James and Lily were in hiding using the uh, Fidelius charm. Uh, this charm prevents any person except those told by the secret keeper, which was Warmtail, from knowing where the Potters were. Nor could anyone but Warmtail tell someone else. The only people mentioned in the books who knew where the Potters were hiding were Warmtail, Dumbledore, Sirius, and Voldemort. In Book 7, Harry surmises that the uh, charm died with his parents as he was not secret keeper. Uh, he's talking about when Harry and uh, the Muggles could see the Potter house. Uh, Dumbledore could not have told Hagrid where the house was until Warmtail or the Potters died. Yet somehow Hagrid appeared at the residence within minutes after the attack. It is possible that Dumbledore tells Hagrid where to go immediately after the Potters are killed. But the necessary conclusion is that the in this case is that Hagrid is capable of high-level magic, as well as creating the question of how Dumbledore knew of the Potters' death, given that Warmtail doesn't die until Book 7. The much more straightforward conclusion is that Hagrid knew where to go in in book one, is that Wormwood had let him in on the circuit along with Voldemort. Now, this is an interesting take because, like you said, once they die, the charm goes away. Uh, so no one would know where the house was until after Lily dies. Uh, and we know Wormtail is around the house when it happens uh, because he collects Voldemort's wand. Uh, so we know Wormtail is there. Uh, and he brings up the fact, how would, how would Dumbledore know they died so quickly if the only other person there is Wormtail? Uh, and then how would Dumbledore, after finding out Harry, they died, find out Harry is alive and tell 
Hagrid where to go and Hagrid get there all before anybody else shows up. But you said that the only ones who would know where Lily and James were were if Wormtail told them or if Lily or James did. Mm -hmm. There goes back to my did Lily and James ask Hagrid to be there. No, because Sirius didn't know where they were. So there's no way they would tell a Hagrid who, and this goes to another point, who multiple times in this in this book isn't told things because he can't be he can't keep a secret. And everybody knows he can't keep a secret. So but that could also go back to did he like we're assuming Warmtail told like it, it, it's kind of mentioned. We're assuming he told Voldemort. Is it possible Hagrid let it slip somewhere? Like you said, what if they did tell Hagrid? And Hagrid let it slip somewhere, and this is the basis of Hagrid not being able to keep secrets. But if they had the if they had that uh, spell on them, Hagrid wouldn't be able to tell. He would know, but he wouldn't be able to tell. Even if he slipped because of of the spell. So yeah, that make like he. I guess true. He would know where it was, even without being able to spill a secret. But again, why would they tell Hagrid, of all people, over Sirius Black? True. True, but I'm just throwing some some little conspiracy stuff out there with you. Make you go, no, no, I know. Make I'm, you go, hmm. I'm just... Because <laughs> kind of beat the fact. Like, they want to tell Hagrid and not tell their best friend, Sirius Black, who they haven't seen in a year. And I, at this point, like, we, I don't... Like, Hagrid... And that's another thing. I'm pretty sure at this, around this time... Because they mentioned when Hagrid goes to the Giants in book six, uh, in Order of Phoenix, uh, that this wasn't the first time that Dumbledore has sent Hagrid to talk to the Giants. He did it the first time around, too. So wouldn't he still be out talking to the Giants? Just his whole ability to fast travel is still confusing, and which makes me believe the theory that he's a Death Eater. Uh, the next point uh, that they talk about is some of the word choices that Hagrid uses it sets up that he knew about Horcruxes. Uh, and so obviously Horcruxes are a very powerful type of magic only known to a few people in the books. Uh, using the Horcrux, you can hide away a part of your soul in another object, uh, lose a part of you, your humanity in order to stave off death. Uh, the book's first reference to Horcruxes is in book six by, like, name, uh, except for the reference made by Hagrid in the very first book. In one of his first conversations with Harry, uh, Harry Hagrid says that Vortimer did not actually die, commenting, some say he died, Codswallow, in my opinion, don't know if he had enough human left in him to die. Both of us reckon he's still out there somewhere, but lost his powers. Too weak to carry on. Despite what Hagrid says, believing in Voldemort's survival is a complete aberration to the attitude we see from the rest of the wizarding community. Hagrid's comments also turn out to be both very specific and very accurate regarding Voldemort's reality. The only people we know uh, were aware of Horcrux magic were Dumbledore and Slughorn, so it seems meaningful that Hagrid makes specific reference to their function and effect on the user. Uh, in book four, chapter uh, the chapter the Death Eaters, Voldemort informs some of the Death Eaters know about his Horcruxes. 
He says, I asked myself, but how could they have believed I would not rise again? They who knew the steps I took long ago to guard myself against mortal death. They who have seen proofs of the immensity of my power in the times when I was mightier than any wizard living. The first person in the book who displays a belief in that Voldemort uh, would come back is Hagrid. But what's your take on the fact that Hagrid has an assumption that, like, he has an assumption that no one else outside of very few people have in the wizarding world? He knew something was up, man. It's, it's, it's there. I mean, it's all valid points with, with everything, you know, I mean, you look at the people he surrounded himself with. Then I've always wondered if you know, he had his his wand was broken, but he could still use it in the umbrella. That's where he hit it. Mm-hmm. And you know, and then I've always wondered. Well, he couldn't be taught at Hogwarts, and you know, if he wanted to learn magic, who's to say that he didn't wasn't tutored, and learned things on the Death Eater side. Just to give him, just so he could have the magic and do the things that he was being denied. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then does that make him bad because he knew everything and spilled, like you said, he would spill secrets, meaning to. Mm-hmm. If he was, you know, if if Voldemort was trying to use him as as a way for him to to infiltrate. That, you know, knowing that Hagrid spill things, is he feeding him or one of his servants mm-hmm. feeding Hagrid things to to say? And Hagrid not realizing what he was doing? Mm. Okay. And you gotta, look um, at, you gotta look at the dragon. He wasn't, knew he wasn't supposed to have that dragon, the egg. Mm-hmm. He still did. Yep. So there's there's a lot of things that point to him, like his like disregard for rules, and that could be explained by him being shunned by the wizarding community. If they're not going to let him participate in uh, w- the wizarding world like fully, then he's not going to follow the rules. So you can say that uh, with this specific one about Horcruxes. Uh, only reason I don't think this is true is I feel like he heard Dumbledore say this to someone, uh, say that he doesn't think Voldemort's dead because Dumbledore doesn't think Voldemort's dead. So I think this is a, almost a, like, Dumbledore said this once, so I'm going to say what Dumbledore says type thing. Uh, so that's why I don't believe this one. Uh, these next two points uh, I'm going to put together uh, because I feel they're, they go together. Uh, so Hagrid growing a pigtail on Dudley demonstrates that Hagrid is one of the most powerful dark wizards we see in the entire series. Uh, we see Hagrid do two amazing things in his very first appearance. He uses a uh, fairly powerful spell with a broken wand, and he uses it in retribution against the muggle that is bothering him by hurting his muggle son. This shows both Hagrid is more capable than he lets on, but also shows a blatant disregard for wizarding laws and the safety of muggles. 
After Vernon calls Dumbledore a crackpot, Hagrid uses trans uh, transfiguration on Dudley, turning him into a part pig, part human. The transfiguration against Dudley's will was severe enough it required surgery to remove the newly grown tail. Hagrid claims he made an error and meant to turn him into a pig entirely. Although we can't be sure he's telling the truth, he performs this magic non-verbally while using a wand that was snapped in half. So how advanced of magic is this? Uh, transfiguration is considered a challenging and exact magical discipline. Human transfiguration is considered extremely advanced and is only taught at the newt level. In the sixth year at Hogwarts, one of the spells McGonagall teaches in the transfiguration of uh, class is of changing the color of one's eyebrows. And this, show, and this is shown to be extremely difficult for six years to perform. And only Hermione was capable. So how does a mostly untrained third-year level wizard with a broken wand who is forbidden from even practicing magic perform something that is only taught at new levels? And something far more advanced than anything else we see six years learn. He even performs the, non, the spell non-verbally, something so challenging that few wizards can even do it at all. Uh, the second major element in this scene is that Hagrid uses a powerful spell against a muggle in a hostile manner. Magical laws have many restrictions, and while this event takes place prior to Arthur Reese's Magic Protection Act, there certainly were protections provided for muggles in the International Statue of Wizards' secrecy. Hagrid not only shows a complete disregard for personal safety, but he loses his temper and does so without, with complete hostility. Afterward, Hagrid makes no attempt to reverse the spell and cheerfully goes on with his life while Dudley is forced to have surgery. Because Dudley deserved it. But that doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I think the biggest thing, and this might, like, in the next point after this, are two of the biggest points that Hagrid is one of the most powerful dark wizards in the book. The fact that he not, he, with a broken, what we're going to assume is a broken wand in his umbrella, performed a nonverbal transfiguration spell successfully, and then did it maliciously like like you're saying her like harry can barely do non-verbals the first non-verbal spell he does is one from uh the prince's book in the sixth book and he did it whilst laying in bed and that's one only one he could really do like he gets made fun of from uh snape while he's running away because he can't do non-verbal spells uh so it's something incredibly difficult and then like they said transfiguration no six-year outside of Hermione was able to change the color of their eyebrow, but yet he was able to grow a tell on a human. How? Does seem kind of suspicious. Well, now, you gotta think, too. So his wand was broken, and he did try, mm -hmm. to, he did try to repair it. Then mm -hmm. it was, what, Ron's wand was broken? He was trying to use it, and it didn't work the Got way we wanted him to. Yeah, it rebounded or just didn't work. Right. So if he was, you know, so we know a broken wand will work, but how well? And then if he's not supposed to do magic, and whoever was teaching him the magic, they had to teach him how to do nonverbal. The question is, is who was teaching him? Was it Dumbledore or was it uh, any of the other Death Eaters? Because you got to remember, Snape, I think, Snape yeah. thought everyone thought Snape was a Death Eater the whole way through. 
he wasn't. Mm-hmm. True, true. So I, I and I think this uh and I why I think this study theory works and why I think he is Voldemort's number one uh Death Eater is before Voldemort formed any kind of group in Hogwarts, he was friends with Hagrid. And while he's the reason Hagrid got expelled, Hagrid never blamed him for it. Like, his hate for Voldemort doesn't stem from, like, he should have more hate for Tom Riddle than anybody else. Tom Riddle got him expelled, got him kicked out of the magical world. But he doesn't have any kind of, like, hate against Tom Riddle, and his hate towards Voldemort comes from what he did after, and it's it could be all show. What if, and we don't see anything from Tom Riddle from year when he put in the snake to when he leaves. What if after he gets Hagrid kicked out, we could assume that he's at least a six-year because he's a, a prefect. Uh, that in those two years he trained, uh, trained him, ha- trained Hagrid on the side, away from everybody, uh, and that's why he's able to do some very powerful magic, and that maybe he got him a new wand, and the umbrella is an actual just full out wand. Uh, and this next one uh, is something I've always wondered about Hagrid and his trip to the shack in the ocean. Uh, and it starts with Hagrid learned on-aired flight from Voldemort. Uh, on-aired flight is a remarkably rare ability, as we see only two wizards in the entire series able to do it, Voldemort and Snape. Wizards requiring a mechanism to convey through the air, usually a broomstick, although we see Thestros and Chanter vehicles as well. Uh, Voldemort invents on-aired flight and uh, subsequently teaches it to his close lieutenant, Snape. In Book 7, during the sacking of Severus Snape, we are, see the following conversation after Snape flies out of the window without a broom. Uh, McGonagall says, no, uh, he's not dead. Unlike Dumbledore, he was still carrying a wand, and he seems to have learned a few tricks from his master. Uh... With a tingle of horror, Harry saw in the distance a huge black light, bat-like shape flying through the darkness toward the perimeter wall. Uh, we know Voldemort could teach people to fly on air, and he teaches Snape how to do this. Why is this uh, relevant to Hagrid? Uh, there's one circumstance in which Hagrid travels without, uh, which cannot be explained by any other means. In book one, uh, during Diagon Alley, uh, Hagrid collects Harry on an island in the middle of the ocean. The boat which the Dursleys and Harry used to reach the island is still docked there when Hagrid arrives. Harry is understandably confused. How did you get here? Harry asked, looking around for another boat. Flu, said Hagrid. Flu, said Harry. Yeah, but we'll go back uh, in this. Not supposed to use magic. Now I've got you. We know Hagrid flew to the island. No longer, uh, he no longer has Sirius's black uh, bike, and there is no other vehicle left on the island besides the boat. We also know that Hagrid did not fly a broom to the island since he's too big. In the same uh, chapter, Harry needs to pay the newspaper owl, and he searches through the sleeping uh, Hagrid's coat. Harry digs through the pockets enough to comment on keys, slug pellets, balls of string, and tea bags, but he never mentions a broom or any other type of uh, anything notable. Another reason we know he didn't take the broom is, like we said, he's too big because he says it in book seven. Uh, 
So how did Hagrid fly to the island? There are no creatures on the island. A broomstick or Thestro would not have supported his weight, and there is no other enchanted vehicles on the island. There is only the one boat, which Hagrid uses to sail back with Harry uh, cruelly stranding the Dursleys on the island with no escape. Uh, the only other method of flying we know of is Voldemort's mean of on-air flight, which he teaches to his closest followers, Snape, and presumably Her Hagrid. So this is one I can't figure out. I've tried to debunk this one a, a bunch of times. We could say maybe they set up uh, a port key, but he says he's like not allowed to do magic anymore. So he did magic to get there, and the port key doesn't like he wouldn't have done the port key. It would have been done from the ministry. Uh, he can't. He can't unless and, and unless. Dumbledore teleported him there and then teleported away. There's no other way for him to get there without flying. True. Oh, Bob sounds defeated. She sounds like <laughs> she, she's like not Hagrid, not like this. <laughs> and this is only book one. This is only book one. I agreed to do this with you. Why? You can crush my dreams. Uh, I'm going to speed through the last one since we've already been going at this for a while because there's still a lot. Uh, Hagrid personally introduced Harry Potter to Vortimer's servant. Uh, he makes sure to show Quay uh, Professor Quayle to Harry. Uh, he uh, purchases a very easily surveyed owl for Harry. So if Harry is doing anything, it's easy to see uh, what Hagwig is doing. Because uh, it's a special owl. No one else has a white owl. Uh, it's said multiple times that she's not a good owl for what wizards would use owls for. Uh, and then there's always... Knocking on the owl. No, like, Hedwig is a great owl. Like She's a loving pet, but she is a horrible wizard's owl. Because she's so white, and like you're gonna see her anytime she moves. Uh, and then another one is that Hagrid personally delivers Harry Potter to Voldemort in the Forbidden Forest. Uh, he sends Harry off on his own down a specific path that he knows would lead to Voldemort. Uh, as Alex said earlier, Hagrid constantly endangers Harry with illegal and dangerous activities. Uh, let's see any more in, from this book. Uh, and then, uh, the only reason that Harry, Hermione, and Ron were able to get into the chain, not the chamber, but into the, uh, path of Voldemort at the end of the movie in the Sorcerer's Stone is because they were led there by Hagrid, with Hagrid telling him how to get past and everything. All the hints that Hagrid gave the whole time in the first book of how to get past and get to where they need to and stop Snape. That's just the first book. First book? Yeah. How, how are you feeling right now? <laughs> yeah, on a scale of one to ten, how likely do you think Hagrid is? I still, I'm still in the middle. I'm still like a six, 
he's not. I started at maybe about say, seven yeah. or eight, so. <laughs> I will say, like, the more I read, like, as it goes on, it, there are, like, easily dismissible things. But book one is very damning. Very damning. And it could be as simple as J.K. Rowling hadn't hit her uh, stride yeah. as a Arthur, and it just wasn't very good wasn't a very good book uh or or it's the purposeful things that she put there we'll never know unless she admits it which i doubt she would ever admit to something like this uh i I, i'm still standing by that yes he was expelled it was tom riddle's fault but he Mm -hmm. because of how he grew up where you know his mom left him and then his dad, who is a wizard, passed. And he wasn't accepted by anyone on either side of his, his mom's side or his dad's side. He wanted to belong somewhere that he was easily persuaded. Like, he, didn't, he didn't buck back on what Tom Riddle, you know, getting him expelled because that's who he is. He felt alone and he didn't know who he could go to. So, mm-hmm. you know, it goes back to who taught him magic after that because he would have sought it out. And, and back to him not being able to keep secrets and he would be an easy plant for Voldemort. So he may be Voldemort's number one, but was it intentional on Hagrid's part? Or was he just a victim? Therefore, that. That's the thing, like. Doesn't make him a we, yeah, we we assume that he can't keep secrets because that's what we're told uh, throughout the books is that yeah uh, he can't keep secrets he's letting things spill, but he only allow only says certain things, and it's not like like he was like uh playing some music and uh, he'll go right to sleep up oh, I shouldn't said that I shouldn't said that and he just goes on with his life. Like, why would it, after he spills that information, it's a very important information to kids who are trying to do stuff they shouldn't. Why didn't he go tell Dumbledore? Also, knowing that uh, someone's already accessed the Chamber of Secrets, mm-hmm. and it's probably Voldemort. He tells Harry and the kids how to get there. How'd... And also, like, essentially start getting to the Chamber of Secrets, right? Mm-hmm. And... Like, he's like, oh, yeah, shouldn't have said that. Oh, no. And instead of, like, being like, okay, you kids stay here with me, it's like Rand said. He just goes on with his life. He lets the kids do with that information what they want. Like, it's it's his dog. He would know if someone's messing with his dog, right? That isn't the first time that, uh, I don't remember the professor of Chamber of Secrets' name, who was uh, Voldemort, really. Um but whoever was the vessel, it's not the first time that the vessel went down to the Chamber of Secrets, you know? So, just saying, hey, we got this weird this weird thing going on. Yeah, we keep messing it up. It's not the Chamber of Secrets. I was messing it up, too. It's just, it never gets a name, and it's a chamber of a bunch of secret things, so it makes sense, but it's not the Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. The Chamber of... Well, Chocos. I have a book that literally says Chamber of Secrets, so that's what I'm calling well, it's a, it's a different chamber of secrets. Uh, I don't think it <laughs> ever gives a name. They just are going down there and it was the Sorcerer's yeah. Stone. 
it's just another tavern. Hidden passageway in Hogwarts full of passageways. Yep. Uh, but this episode, I said we were going to do two or three books per episode, but we're already at like almost 35 minutes on this episode. So we'll do one book uh, for now, and I think they get shorter as it goes on, so we'll combine them as we go on. Uh, but thank you guys for being a part of this episode of Harry Potter Theories. Thank you. Uh, Hagrid being a Death Eater. It was fun. It was a lot of me talking with you guys. So I hope uh, you didn't get too bored of me reading and uh, going through the theories. Oh, everybody. You know me, man. Everybody got to I hear my reading. hopes and dreams be crushed. So <laughs> they will only continue. Anyone who listens, Mom, can hear your hope and dreams be crushed no matter what episode <laughs> it is. <laughs> Uh, so thank you guys for tuning in and until next time deuces. thank you thank you for listening to hypothetically sound we hope you enjoyed the episode all episodes can be found at hypotheticallysound.podbean.com as well as on apple spotify and pandora for full on edited video versions of the podcast please visit us at youtube.com slash hypothetically sound